Every day is a brand new adventure. So let's embark on this journey together. City News 570 presents Kitchener Today. Your mind, Bordelon. She walks in here 30 seconds ago. It's too cold in here. After it's been too hot for. Lord, it is a little cold in yeah, here, okay, isn't it? Okay, thank you. It is a little weird. So maybe my thermostat temper, uh, tampering yesterday actually worked. Maybe it worked a little too good. <laughs> So producer, 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 I, I can't speak. You want to host the show today? No, I couldn't speak yesterday either. <clears throat> let's let's do some voice exercises. Sometimes in the, in school they they teach you to do voice exercises. Yeah. I never had that. There is a former employee here who I would hear her every now and again before she goes on the air would go something like to the tongue to the lips to the teeth something about teeth <laughs> so, do, do, do you know what I'm talking about Jordan you went to the Connor Stoker program didn't you is there uh, something about a voice more exercise something about teeth tongue teeth perhaps yeah maybe something like that that doesn't right. sound familiar to me at I all. Don't but know. you know what some people they have their, you know, rituals that they need to do before yeah. they do something, you know, Maybe. before they sing, before yeah. they do a talk or whichever. Yeah. So producer Polly and Brittany in with you. I'm glad you're here today, Brittany, because I, I had a bad dream last night. Okay. That I wasn't prepared for the show. I, <laughs> Polly, the, you say this to were, me there, every time you host. I'm not prepared. There was two in my dream. There were two segments that we hadn't booked yet. Okay, and, and and you were supposed to come on with me during whatever segment, the opening segment or whatever. And I, you were nowhere to be found. And oh, for well, some, I'm leaving now. Uh, no, hey. <laughs> and then for some reason, I was broadcasting from a construction site. Oh, okay. I, it, <laughs> why I don't know. Yeah, that would be a little too noisy for for on air. But it was just the beginning process. Like, okay. like all the dirt had been leveled, but there oh. were there were not many machines there. It was weird. Okay, what is this? I, I, the music has barely disappeared. I haven't even told you what's on the show yet, mm-hmm. and we already have two calls on the line. Oh. That's free, exciting. Well, Kate, People want to talk to you, Polly. We, we are, You're an exciting person. We are doing free phones Friday today, but not till 2 o'clock. Woo! All right, let's, let's let the chaos ensue. I, I was told that Steve wants to weigh in okay. on the St. Patrick's Day stuff. Oh. Was that the last, Jordan, was that the last yeah, topic that was on, on the free phone, on the um, Friday 4 panel? It was, yes. It was, so maybe Steve heard. Let's... Steve, go ahead. Hey, how's it going today? Good. You want to weigh in on the St. Patrick's Day party, I've heard. I do, please. I heard all the talk about uh, the money, taxpayer money being spent on policing and the fencing, and nobody wants to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. 
the party, obviously, and I don't blame them. But really, all the workers in that area paid a high price yesterday. A lot of them got tickets and all their vehicles towed because they're blocking off streets that we use to park. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they, they paid a huge toll. Like at $340 to get your car out, and it's going to take some of these guys a couple of days just to, like, they might as well have not even went to work. Yeah, people who know, work so in the cop- area, you mean, of Marshall? Uh, yes. All right. Yep. So, like the mm. 155 there at King, at, right at the road construction where they're doing the road construction, uh, the condo buildings going up, like kind of rely on the area to park because there's really no yeah. parking lots anywhere to pay. And yesterday was just madness. So, you had to park everybody. somewhere else, and then you got a ticket because you couldn't park when you normally would park. Correct. And all the residents that would park, even on Ezra or wherever the parties were. Yeah. They had all their friends there. All the students had all their friends' cars there, and it was mm. just mayhem. And on top of all the taxpayer dollars, the guys earning tax dollars or paying tax dollars while they're all partying are getting their vehicles towed and ticketed. I hadn't thought of that. Of yeah, it was absolutely madness. Yeah. So it affected a lot of the hundreds of workers in the area yesterday. All right. So, Thanks for the call, Steve. That's an aspect of it I hadn't thought of. All right. Josh, go ahead. Hello, Josh. Josh, three, two, <gasps> hang up on me. Wow. Why don't you? What is that? You call me and then you hang up on me? You called me. Oh. <laughs> if that's any indication as to what kind of a day it's going to be. Buckle up, Polly. Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> so, free phones Friday coming up at 2 o'clock. I think some people are looking forward to that. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done Free Phones Friday here Mm -hmm. on the show. So anything you want to talk about between two and three. Or maybe you just want to hang up on Polly. I don't know. Please, let's not not have an hour of hanging. That would be funny. An hour of people hanging up on me. At 1.30, from soaring gas prices to another World War, economic sanctions can lead to dire unintended consequences. So Gregory T. Chin, who's an associate professor of political economy, Department of Politics at York University, and former Canadian diplomat, York University, will be joining us. That's got to be the biggest business card ever. (laughs) How do you fit that job title onto a business card? Do people even have business cards anymore? They have email signatures. Mm -hmm. His email signature will be huge, no doubt. One o'clock, more people will be hospitalized as public health restrictions lift. Now, this is according to the Ontario Science Table, releasing projections yesterday, I think it was. And so Dr. Peter Juni from Ontario Science Table will be joining us at one o'clock. So that should be interesting. So uh, at 1230, normally I would be doing these little light topics at 1.30 and Brittany books something and then I moved it to one. Oh, she books something else. Oh, I forgot. So at 12.30 today, in about 20 minutes, we're going to do my little light topic. Although yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, know. I was going to say, Polly, I don't know how light this topic is. Yeah, I don't know how light it's going to be. <laughs> I think this will get wild. At 12.30, we're going to be asking you, what conspiracy theory do you think might be true or might have a little grain of truth to it? I'm Oof. probably going to have to put a disclaimer before that. Yeah, <laughs> get one ready. <laughs> the things you might hear are not necessarily true. So that's coming up at one uh, at twelve thirty. What conspiracy theory do you think might have a little bit of grain of salt to it? 
Is that right? Grain of salt, grain of rice? I don't know. <laughs> Conspiracy theories at 1230. <laughs> of course, every day is a day. Okay. Today. What's today, Polly? World Sleep Day. Oh, World I like sleep, that. World Sleep Day aims to consider and aid those who have sleep problems. It's useful for educating people all over the world about the importance of sleep as well as changing the way people view and experience sleep by giving them valuable resources to help them in their daily lives. Oh, I love sleeping. Well, I think we all do, but <laughs> I, I, I have, I don't know if I would have insomnia necessarily because I was saying on the show the other day, I have no problem usually falling asleep initially, but mm-hmm. if I get up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom or something, my brain starts thinking about stuff and I can't get back to sleep. And it's stupid stuff, too. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, this this actor was better than that actor in this movie, and this is why. This is not even important at 2.36 in the morning. <laughs> it's not like I'm worried about what's, what I'm doing at work the next day. That I would understand. Anyway, it's also National Awkward Moments Day. Was that awkward for you, Brittany? <laughs> Just staring at you? I was pausing for, for dramatic effect. <laughs> I was trying to make you feel awkward. <laughs> I think it worked. Awkward moments happen all the time, and to some folks more than others, for anyone who's ever wished the ground would open up and swallow them, National Awkward Moments Day is a celebration of all, all awkward moments. And awkward people. And awkward people. I think I fall That's under right. that category. From walking out of a public toilet with the, some of the... Uh, Toilet paper on your shoe to releasing. You've been speaking to someone every day for for realizing you've been speaking to someone every day for a year and don't even know their name. (laughs) Life is all full of these moments. (laughs) And today is also Companies at Care Day. Have you ever really ever loved the company you work for? Did they give you the feeling that what you did was important and your contribution mattered? Is it possible that the company was following the principles of a socially responsible employer that companies that Care Day brings awareness to? So, oh, very nice. It's companies that Care Day. Okay, time for one of my favorite parts of the show. What's that? The not so impossible question. Oh, I don't got one today. Are you? You're, you're, you know, <laughs> no, you're not. You have. You're just saying that. There you go. Aw- is that an awkward moment? Are you celebrating awkward moments oh, yeah, day by saying by saying that? I'd just like to get you going. Yeah. Well, you did. <laughs> so the not so impossible question. No prize. Just bragging rights. Mm-hmm. And if you've been listening for the last few weeks when we've been filling in, you know exactly what this is about. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five. Out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen. And star 570. Why are you rolling your eyes? Just give the numbers already. I need to get... <laughs> just give me my question. It's my turn. So it's your turn. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So this one is uh, rather easy, but I Don't wanted it to that. be something easy so that we could ha- get more questions okay, in there. We, we have 13 minutes yeah, left yeah. until the news. I wanted to do an easier one so that we could get more questions in. Okay. So first one is... What is the most recognizable logo in the world? The most recognizable logo mm-hmm. in the world. In the world. I have a guess. I'm not going to spoil anything in case I happen to be right. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 5 
70. This is the most recognizable logo in the world. The calls are already streaming in. So let's see if we got a couple of guesses before before we go to a break. Jerry, do you know what the most recognizable logo is? Well, let's see if I can keep the streak going. I'm going to say the Golden Arches. That's actually number two. That's number two. And that actually wasn't my guess, but that is a good guess. So, yes, the most recognizable logo in the world. 519-570-2545. Kyle, go ahead. Dang, I was going to say that. So now I'm going to say KFC? I don't know. <laughs> no. All right. Are, are KFCs all over the world? I think yeah. so. Wendy's, KFC, Burger King, oh yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, I'm not a fast food connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Kyle was going to say Heinz Ketchup yeah. is the most recognizable Heinz 57. Logo. Doug, do you know what the most recognizable logo in the world is? Uh, I hope so, Coca-Cola. That's actually number three. That was my guess, Coca-Cola, really? So it's not Coca-Cola and it's not McDonald's. Now you really have me thinking. Hmm. Mark, go ahead. I'm going to guess the smiley face. Like you mean from the Walmart symbol or something? No, 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 no. You like know, an emoji? Just an emoji? Yeah, you know, the smiley face is kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But, no. But, this, but Brittany, this would be like a corporate logo, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Or is that okay? Yeah, most recognizable logo. Most recognizable in logo. The world. In the whole world. Hmm. Less do you know the answer? Uh, I was going to say Coca-Cola. Sorry. I got nothing now. That's that's a good guess. Less. That was my guess originally Mm -hmm. when Brittany gave that question out. Number two is McDonald's and number three is Coca-Cola. Hmm. Kevin, go ahead. Do you know the most recognizable logo? I'd like to think of the round peace symbol. The what symbol? The round peace symbol. No, oh, good guess, but that, no. That's good. Brittany, I thought you said this was going to be easy. Well, it is. What, as soon as well, the answer comes out. Well, you know the answer. Anything is well, easy no. if you know the answer. Just wait. Just, Just wait, Polly. Wait. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Jerry, go ahead. Most recognizable logo. I'm getting desperate if I'm calling back. <laughs> Apple. How about the... The Macintosh is about for Apple. You're right. That's it? That's it. The the Apple logo with the the bite out of it Mm -hmm. is the most recognizable logo. See, how easy was that? Well, that that one actually surprised me. I really thought it would have been McDonald's or (laughs) Coca-Cola. Okay, so we got another. So if you, that's the answer Mm -hmm. is Apple. But we have another impossible question. So if you want to hold on and take a guess on the new one, what is it? According to a study out of New Jersey, the smell of this alone helps your brain perform better. I have a guess on that one, too, but let's go to a break and line up a few calls. So, again, what is it? According to a study out of New Jersey, the smell of this alone helps your brain perform better. The smell of this helps your brain perform better. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715 and star 570, hands-free. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Paulie and Brittany. 
in with you today. We're doing our not-so-impossible question. According to a new study, the smell of this alone helps your brain perform better. Perform better. Mm-hmm. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. Star 570. Hands free. Nick, do you know the answer? I think it's got to be coffee. Right? You're, you're right. <gasps> really? Yeah. So I've experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. You walk in, you smell a fresh pot. Mm-hmm. Wow. So research has revealed that even just the smell of coffee alone could make your brain perform better, even if you don't drink it. People sitting in a room, which smells of coffee, do better in tests, in work assignments. The brain reacts as if they've consumed caffeine, as if it's consumed caffeine. Yeah. So hold on. What you're telling me is I could smell coffee mm-hmm. and get some of the benefits without drinking the coffee, yeah. which would pack on a couple of pounds. It's the secret to, you know, getting rid of your caffeine addiction. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I have to go and smell a coffee. Of course, when I smell it, I'm going to want to drink it. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's try the third question here. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Brittany? I have Brittany? one more question. All right, last one. According to a recent survey... What is the most common item left behind in a hotel room? The most common item left behind in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. Our not-so-impossible question mm-hmm. this time is... What is the most common item left behind in a hotel room? Hmm. So I'm assuming it would be something that people typically travel with and then just forget to pack up in their suitcase Mm -hmm. on their way out. Yeah. Hmm. Think of something. Maybe you've been somewhere. Maybe you've been on your trip to Vegas, Polly. Have you you left anything behind? Maybe if I did, I forgot about it and it wasn't important. And maybe I haven't even realized it even now. So I'm, I'm sure I've left something behind. I <laughs> I was watching a a YouTuber that I watched a couple of uh, weeks ago, and he mentioned that he because he's also a podcaster. Mm-hmm. He left his Yeti microphone behind in a hotel room. Oh, that would be how awful. do you do that? How does that? Well, think about it. You're in a rush to pack up, to catch a flight, guess, to check out. That's not a, that's a why cheap you item. Triple that's, check. It's 150, 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, according to a recent survey, this is the most common item left behind in hotel rooms. The most common item left behind in hotel rooms. All right, let's go to the phones. We have got a couple of minutes. Colette, do you have a guess? I think it's a phone charger. You're right. <gasps> a phone charger. Of course, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a phone charger, maybe a phone wire. Thanks a lot, Colette. All right, thank you. There you go. Good thing we had three questions today. I know. People, people zoomed right through them. <laughs> so there you go. So that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Phone charger. Well, mm-hmm. not cool that you left I think behind the phone charger. Jacob is one of those people that leaves the phone charger behind all the time. I was going to say maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe a slipper or something, mm-hmm. or even shoes, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. bring multiple shoes or something on a on a trip. But uh, yeah, phone charger. See, I, I try to check all of that stuff. I before I leave, I double check all the drawers and yeah. So 
All right, phone charger, most common thing that people leave behind in a hotel room. Now, coming up next, we're talking conspiracy theories. (laughs) No particular reason. It's not like it's National Conspiracy Theory Day or anything like that. But what conspiracy theory do you think might have a kernel of truth to it? Or what conspiracy theory do you believe? Let's go to the phones after the news and talk to you on Kitchener Today on City News 570. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Brittany has again graced us with her presence. I don't, I'm a, part of me is nervous about this. Yeah, me too. I think it's, I think it's a fascinating topic, mm-hmm. but I'm worried that the boss will call me into the office afterwards and goes, you're letting misinformation on the air. We're, we're, we're a credible, <laughs> we're supposed to be credible and whatever. So we're asking, which conspiracy theory do you think might be true? And that's it. I mean, it's a question that popped up online recently mm-hmm. that I saw, and I thought that might be an interesting thing. So mm-hmm. maybe I should preface this just by saying the opinions expressed in the following half hour are those of the participants <laughs> and do not necessarily reflect those of City News or Rogers Sports and Media. <laughs> nice. There you go. I'm exonerated of anything that you might hear over the next... <laughs> Uh, half hour. The phone lines are already going crazy because mm-hmm. I've been teeing this up. Yeah, well, it it is a it is a crazy topic. Uh, I, I do have one, and I'll hold on to it for a moment. This I wonder if it might come up mm-hmm. in the course of our conversation. But let's we we already have four conspiracy theorists on the line. I'm assuming they are. Let's <laughs> let's see what's happening. This is part of the craziness. Remember I remember the disclaimer. I love doing the phone. So let's. <laughs> Peter, are you calling about conspiracy theories? Uh, no, I'm not. I was on the. I've been on hold for a while. And yeah. I was, we're talking about things left in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Is that still on? Well, we have the answer, but if you have a story, uh, I'll take it. Okay. No, I was just going to say an item, item, an item of clothing. Ah, oh, that's a good point. No, it was a phone Sometimes. charger. It was a phone charger. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Thanks, Peter. All right, so we're talking this half hour. What conspiracy theory do you think might be true? 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715 and star 570. Dan, what do you have to say? Well, I was on hold for a while, too. I'm still back at the whole moon. I would have been wrong. I would have said sunglasses. Well, I have something for you, Polly. Mm-hmm. You, you said you went to Vegas and all that stuff. Yep. I've been to Vegas three times. And the only thing I left behind was all my money. Yeah, I think a lot of <laughs> us can uh, can uh, relate to that. Yeah, you go to Vegas and, and your money mysteriously disappears. You can't find it anywhere. So <laughs> some people come up with more money. How does that work? But not very many. All right, we're talking conspiracy. If this is the Jason I think it is, I think he's going to get us on the right track. Jason, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? I'm going to say the great reset because... Uh there's a book written on it by Klaus Schwab. They all gather together, all the big movers and shakers and the Western leaders. And we also hear all the Western leaders quoting from that book. 
And it's got stuff in there about like a basic income. It's got stuff in there about how like, it's just this perfect communist utopia where we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. And, uh, so- and it's got all kinds of the stuff that we're actually going for now with like a digital currency and all that stuff so they can control what you buy. And it's all over the world economic forum. You can read it. Right. Read, now, is the, it. is the Great Reset different than the New World Order that I've been hearing uh, about for years? Or is it kind of the same thing or what? I guess it's kind of the new the new take on it. It's, I don't know. I mean, I've heard about the Great Reset. I know that it's gotten a lot of, I guess airplay during covid because people think that this might have been a way to get that that agenda rolling so the great reset because a lot of the stuff that's in there they've used they've managed to start moving on some of the implements of it through covid because they get into it trying to move towards the digital currency that they're talking about all this other stuff and the basic income we're almost there now i think that's Mm -hmm. the second or third reading now all right, thanks, Jason. Jason thinks the Great Reset is a conspiracy theory that might just be true. That's what we're talking about this half hour, 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715 and star 570, hands-free. Josh, go ahead. Hey, I got to apologize for hanging up on you earlier there. Probably my phone died. Uh, yeah, that's a conspiracy theory. I don't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, my phone died. Hey, go ahead. I deserve that. I deserve that. Anyways, it was top of the tongue, the teeth, the lips was the vocal warm-up you were looking for. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, anyways, the conspiracy theory that I am into uh, is Bigfoot. I'm big on the Bigfoot conspiracy theory. The Bigfoot. Oh, like you yeah. believe that he's he exists. I know he exists. Now, are there multiple Bigfeet? Because there's, there's well, sightings of these all over the world. There's been said to be different types around the world. You're right, Polly. Uh uh, in Florida, something that they refer to as a skunk ape. Right, yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, different variations, different sizes, what have you. Uh, I'm a firm believer uh, just because there's just been so many sightings all over the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's been hoaxed here or there, but I just, I believe there's weight to it, uh, that there there might be, and, and the possibility of something being there in, in a large, wide space, that, uh, that there could hold some validity to. Yeah, I mean, not all of the planet's been explored. There's a lot of forests that people haven't even stepped in, possibly ever. It's exactly. maybe. It's a possibility. And, and every and now and again, you see people with the photographing these large footsteps in in footsteps. sand or snow or something. It's always blurry, though, Paul. You notice that? That's the yeah, Bigfoot is blurry. Why <laughs> is that? <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Yeah, Bigfoot. Then his counterparts, the. Uh, I can't say it. The uh, the snowman. Oh, the abominable. The, yeah. Now yeah, I can't right. say it because I'm overthinking of it. Really? The, the the snowman that begins with it. The reason I can't say it is because I always put an extra syllable in there and I look like a goof. Okay, try it. I always end up saying the abominable snowman. <laughs> See? What, what's... Abominable snowman. Abominable? <laughs> what is it? See? Let's see Brittany's in stitches now. <laughs> that The snowman. <laughs> Might be related Wait, to Bigfoot. Wait, can you say the, the subliminal? Sub, oh, my gosh. Subliminal? No, I can't say that either. <laughs> Maybe we do that as a topic one day. <laughs> what is a word you cannot say? <laughs> Kyle, do you have a conspiracy theory? There's definitely aliens out of this universe for sure, and we probably have already been spied on many times by them. 
the aliens are real. Oh, how, there's no way in this entire universe that we're the only living thing in the whole entire space. There's no way. Now, I've thought about the alien thing. I I would agree with you. I I, I don't think we're the, the only living species in the universe. My question is whether or not the aliens have actually traveled those trillions of miles to another planet. Have you not seen Independence Day? That could happen. That's a movie. It's a fiction. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That could be real life one day. Maybe that's Maybe really one day, but... No, right? We don't know that. Maybe it's already happened. Yeah. Right? Maybe they, maybe they already came and visited us. Like, not at like Independence Day where they take over the world, but maybe they already... Maybe there's been sightings, you know. There, I, when I was up in Red Lake, Ontario, at night you'd see this dot every once in a while come by and go around the Earth, and I didn't know what it was. It could be... They say it could be a satellite. You don't know. It could be a, a UFO going around every couple of hours. There are some people who think that aliens look exactly like humans. So you may hmm. pass someone on the sidewalk and think they're a human, but it's actually an alien. Oh, like Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. Third Rock from the Sun. Thanks, Kyle. So Kyle thinks aliens are definitely real. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about this half hour. You got a comment on aliens? No, I was just going to say, I definitely don't think we're the only life form. Yeah. What was it? What movie was it? Yeah. One of the big movies from the 90s said there was a line, something along the lines of, if we are the only living planet what an incredible waste of space hmm. what movie that might have been independence day possibly but independence day is when the aliens come and attack the white house i think i'm thinking of a different movie conspiracy theories are the topic this half hour 519-570-2545 out of town 1-800-570-5715 star 570 manny do you have a conspiracy theory you believe in well, yeah, I talked about it on uh, on the air earlier this week, mm -hmm. actually. Um, I believe that, uh, uh, you know, your very own Mike Farwell actually has, you know, a deep admiration for uh, a regular caller by the name of Rush. Um, I, I mean, he talks about him a lot. He seems to tailor some of his segments about him he 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 likes to trash him and try to incite him and i i just i just have this feeling that there's more to the story that that we're just not getting like maybe they have a personal relationship and like maybe they're just playing okay all right i mean that's enough of that <laughs> you never know what's happening in someone's mind but that one i i don't think is true but you never know. Chad, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, You're talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My conspiracy theory. I got a, I got a good one. Um, kind of backpacking off of what Manny just said. Uh, I, too, think that uh, Mike Farwell has a crush on, Lush, uh, on Rush Limbro, and I'm very excited when they rebrand 570 News to the Rush Limbro Show. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, is this is this right. it? Um, <laughs> okay. Let's let's get back on track here. Conspiracy theories. Which conspiracy theory do you think might be true? I'm going to tell you mine. Okay. I think it's. I, I do not think that Oswald killed Kennedy. Now, interesting. Okay. Now, Oswald was there mm -hmm. in Dealey Plaza, intended to kill the president. But his first two shots missed, but the fatal bullet, and then there was, I guess it was back in 
2013, this would have been the 50th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, there was a documentary that was on television right around that time. And it made the case that Kennedy was shot accidentally by a Secret Service agent. Really? Because what what they suggested is Oswald was there, Mm -hmm. the first two shots missed, and then the motorcade said, there's bullets flying all over the place, let's get the heck out of here. And the Secret Service agents in the follow-up car were kind of jerked back when the car sped up and a bullet was accidentally fired. So it's a it's a very interesting case. So there was a second shooter. It they weren't on the grassy knoll. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting theory, and I believe in that documentary too. They suggested that the the bullet that hit Kennedy was different than the first two bullets that were found. I think that's where the the whole second shooter theory came from in the first place, because there had to have been two guns if that was the theory. So. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. scenario. That documentary. I don't know if you can find it on YouTube or something, but it made an interesting case. So yeah, conspiracy theories. Which conspiracy theory do you think might be true? Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five. Out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen and star five seventy. Scott, go ahead. Scott. Yeah, sorry, I'm just taking you off speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you stole my thunder. Oh, the Kennedy thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because I have actually been to to the school book depository. Right. And if Har- if Harvey wanted to shoot him, he had a better shot at him coming down the road than rather than him. Before he turned the corner. Before he makes the, the left-hand turn going down towards the bridge. I actually never would have thought of that, but I've never been to Dallas or Dealey Plaza, but I've seen, you know, the kind of what the rough layout is, and you're right. Before yeah. the car turned left would have been the better opportunity. Yeah, I'm I'm, you know, I was a hunter when I was younger and yeah, uh, yeah I I would rather see the deer coming at me rather than having to try and chase it. That's an interesting. That's another. I never even thought of that before. So that's an inter, That's an interesting wrinkle in that conspiracy theory that I've never heard before. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen, and star five seventy. Rob, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Do you have a conspiracy theory you think might be true? I just. I just clicked on your show, but maybe somebody already touched on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, man landing on the moon. Yeah, that I, no one's mentioned it yet. I did have it on my list of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you you think that didn't happen? No, sir. You you got to watch the movie. It's called Apollo Eleven, and it's mm-hmm. actual footage of of the whole mission and, and what have you. So when these guys when they when they landed when they splash landed in the ocean and blah 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 and uh, and they come back to I guess Kennedy Space Center wherever mm-hmm. they come. They, they they walk out of the out of the space capsule like like they were just wouldn't you be excited if you just got off the moon? You'd, You'd think so, the but they also spent like like eighteen hours in a in a small metal tube. Okay, right? Riddle, riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> where where did they get the fuel to blast off from the moon and then join Buddy who was who was driving around the moon there? 
Where did they get the fuel? I'm assuming it would have been on board somehow already, right? I can't see that. There's no way. There's too much jet fuel needed to, to lift that. Even though even the gravity's lighter, I understand that on the moon. Mm-hmm. But you still need a, a lot of fuel to, to lift that thing off the ground. Huh, I haven't heard. I haven't mm-hmm. really thought of that before. And they never. And now they're just talking about going back to the moon after 50 years. Mm-hmm. If they were there back in '69, okay, whatever. I know they went after like Apollo 12, 13, yeah. all them guys. But it just, it just. I just, I can't buy that. I just cannot buy it. That's, that's an interesting one. I know one of the arguments that about, about the moon landing, because mm-hmm. apparently, you know, experts have been asked about it, and hey, are we going to go back to the moon? And some have said the technology no longer exists to go to the moon, which when else in history does technology move backwards Mm -hmm. that's an interesting yeah (laughs) i i believe personally myself that there was a moon landing Mm -hmm. i but i i always find fascinating the arguments that go back and forth you know with you know the picture that was taken and the flag and yeah and all that yeah mythbusters did a whole episode debunking some of the more common myths like the waving flag or the Mm -hmm. intersecting shadows and showed that, it, you know, the intersecting shadows could have been possible with one light source mm-hmm. because the ground is not level, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But there's, you know, there's some interesting arguments. I think we landed on the moon, but I don't know. <laughs> Terry, go <laughs> Maybe ahead. Maybe that's the point. <laughs> Terry. Hey, Polly uh, hey, and Britt, how are you doing? Um, yeah, September 11th, I think that was a conspiracy. You think it was an inside job? Yes. I mean, just look, look, just look at the facts. I mean, there's no way, even when that happened, I, I was out getting treatment on my back and I heard someone say, oh, a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. Uh-huh. And my first thought was a little, you know, one of the little propeller jobs. I go, okay. But then when I got home an hour or so later, I'm watching the footage on TV. And I'm, I'm looking at those buildings with the, with the, you know, on fire up on top. And, yeah. and then suddenly they just collapse. I go, that that's, you know, like... <laughs> It's just impossible. Like, you know, if you if you if you look at the physics, there's no way those buildings were collapsed that fast from the bottom upward. Like, the, the, yeah. the damage was on top. So how did that that happen? That's how they implode like old buildings and old stadiums. Is they load them up with dynamite mm-hmm. and then they implode them, right? And and then later that day, another building all of a sudden it just collapses like, like out of the blue. Well, building nine, I think it is. Is that yeah, what it yeah, is? Building seven. Building seven. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Like that was like hours and hours and hours yeah. later. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of fishy stuff there, and I also find it hard to believe. Like I'm not doubting the planes that crash in there. How they crashed into those buildings, I have no idea. Right. But I find it hard to believe that you know three or four guys with little you know bucks cutter knives could take over a plane full of people. I that that I don't believe. All right. Either. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Terry. Terry thinks that nine eleven didn't go down exactly as we were told. Hmm. So yeah, that's what we're talking about this half hour. Which conspiracy theory do you think might actually be true? Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five. Out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen, and star five seventy. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly and Brittany in with you this half hour. Now, we're asking you about conspiracy theories. Which conspiracy theory do you think might actually be true? All right, let's go to the phones. Now, based on the two calls that we had this half hour, I'd like to stay on topic. So I'm a little worried to take this next call, but let's see what happens. Rush, go ahead. (laughs) 
No, don't don't worry, Polly. Uh, I thought you were, there were some good ones in there. The the nine eleven one is, is right. great. Um, I I want to talk about one though that is a conspiracy theory that was just recently proven to be true. Actually proven to be true. That was Hunter Biden's laptop. If you'll remember during the last election, yeah. Um, Hunter Biden's laptop sort of became a central topic because it contained a whole bunch of incriminating uh, texts and emails back and forth between Hunter and a bunch of Ukrainian oil executives and politicians and stuff that sort of indicated that Joe Biden or that Hunter was was, you know, Mm -hmm. using his dad's political influence as a as a as a bargaining chip. And at the time, it was said, this is a conspiracy theory, it's Russian disinformation, all this sort of stuff. The New York Post, the the newspaper, actually got kicked off of Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, that. you couldn't so share the link. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, and then just, just yesterday, the New York Times actually confirmed the laptop does exist and and does have all that stuff. Oh, I so didn't. I thought um, I thought that was a that was a really good one huh. and, and timely. And I just want to say I am neither going to confirm nor deny any personal relationship with any of the hosts of the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks, Rush. <laughs> I hadn't heard the New York Times story. I might have to go back and and uh, check that one out. Andrew, go ahead. We're talking conspiracy theories. I am falling. Ah, oh, this is great. Uh, you know what you were saying about what would be the, the line from the movie that has, uh, there's got to be something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be an awful, it, there's got to be, it'll be an awful waste of space. Carl Sagan and the movie was Contact. Yes, yeah. F- Mike Farwell actually emailed Brittany, and because I never checked my email, Brittany forwarded it to me. Yeah, Contact. And I didn't, didn't have your email, so I thought, I'll call in. Yeah, that's cool. That's I always love hearing people's voices over reading an email or something, Andrew. So thanks. And, and you know what? If you guys weren't live on the air, it would be a total waste of airspace. <laughs> uh, uh, how about that? Thanks a lot, Andrew. That's a compliment. I I would assume so. At least at least to me, it would be. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So the movie Contact. If there's nothing else out there, it's an awful waste. Of space, so that was a lot of fun talking conspiracy theories. Brit- Brittany, do you have any that you believe in? Um, none that I believe in. I just the moon landing one has always fascinated me. Yeah. The argument between both sides, right? So. Yeah, M- my wife's favorite Beatle is Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. and I always like to debug her with the the Paul is dead oh, conspiracy yes. theory. He supposedly died in a car crash back mm-hmm. in 1966 and was replaced with an imposter. Uh, one of the most who's inter- still putting out music he's apparently. Still putting out music. <laughs> the most compelling piece of evidence for that conspiracy I've heard is that around the time this car crash happened, mm-hmm. a Beatle fan magazine ran a Beatle lookalike contest, to which a winner was never announced. Wow! Do that with what you will. <laughs> this is Kitchener today on City News five seventy. Kitchener today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Ontario's COVID-19 science table says based on uptick of coronavirus detected in wastewater, 
And the ending of most provincial public health measures next week, it's predicting that more people will wind up in a hospital, in some cases even, intensive care. Now, that's according to Ontario's science table. And joining us now is Dr. Peter Uni. He is scientific director of Ontario's science table. Dr. Uni, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hi. So how are you feeling heading into Monday with the removal of the mask mandates? Oh, uh, you know, I'm feeling a bit mixed. Um, uh, first of all, we need to be aware of that we did tremendously well with the reopening, which points towards really quite strong extent of immunity that we have developed as a population because of the third doses that we rolled out relatively successfully, 7.1 million people up to now, uh, but also a lot of infections. It's probably around 4 million people who got infected with Omicron since beginning of December. And this means we were able to afford these reopening steps. We stayed relatively stable. But now we start to see an uptick in wastewater a little bit. And uh, we don't fully see yet the impact of the last reopening step, March the 1st. We still need a few more days of data to accumulate. Um, We'll see how it plays out. So next step is a big one with the masks. To be honest with you, I would in a way have loved, and that's my mentality and my conditioning as a scientist, to wait a little bit longer until we have enough data to to, uh, see how stable we are. But we probably should be okay as long as we as a population don't get ahead of ourselves. You know, we shouldn't just pretend, oh, hooray, March 21st, the pandemic is over. We basically drop masks. We go back to normal as before the pandemic, this would backfire. But if we do it the way we typically do it, Ontarians were very good at that, stepwisely, slow, wait a bit more that the weather is getting better and we can also, you know, be active outdoors, etc. This will all help and this would then mean that, yes, we probably see a bit of an uptick, but it should hopefully stay manageable for the healthcare system. So in other words, we need to, you know, move cautiously. So it's, it's the right move as long as we continue to keep our eye on the ball. Exactly, you know, and that's not true for uh, all the places in the world. My original home country, Switzerland, you know, they had lifting of nearly everything. Uh, I think it was on 17th of February. Signal to the people, everything is over. We just go back to normal. And here we are. They have a U-turn in, in cases. Case counts go up, hospitalizations go up again. We wouldn't like that to happen here. So if we take it a bit slow and more people are getting their third dose than what we currently have, 7.1 million is okay, but we could do much better. This will all help. So the science table suggested that we will see an uptick in COVID hospitalizations in the next few weeks. Are Ontario's hospitals equipped to handle this uptick, do you think? I believe so, yes. When you look at, you know, the numbers that we projected, we are considerably lower than what we saw during the peak of the Omicron wave in January, second half of January. So, you know, we're talking now about um, probably a, a, a peak, you know, according to our moderate scenario that assumes that we just reopen relatively reasonably, uh, a peak for of uh, perhaps 900 people in the wards, uh, you know, before it was nearly 4,000, and, uh, and a peak of perhaps 300 in the ICUs, and before it was above 600. So this gives you a hunch. It's different. Last time it was really challenging. This time um, we just need to tread carefully a bit, but this is manageable. So how do, how do the hospitalization rates look when we look at vaccinated versus unvaccinated individuals? 
Mo- most continue. of the cases would be unvaccinated in the hospital, right? Yeah, so we need to, you know, you need to be careful. We have um, 86% of the, uh, of the population that is eligible is, uh, is uh, vaccinated with at least two doses. No. So this is uh, tremendously high. It's probably even higher than that. I'm just mixing up right now the uh, you know the denominators with those below the age of four. And when you think about that, um, this means that what we what we uh, typically see is uh, that yes, numerically speaking, there will be um, a bit more people in the hospital who are actually vaccinated. Why? Because they roughly contribute 90% of the population, but. The, those who are unvaccinated uh, contribute a disproportionate amount of people in the hospital, and the risk of the unvaccinated to end up uh, in our hospitals is uh, about five times higher than of the vaccinated, and it's about ten times higher to uh, to end up in an ICU for an unvaccinated as compared with a vaccinated person. So, over the last few weeks, we've been hearing about this subvariant. Uh, BA2, I think it is. Correct. What do we know about the Omicron subvariant right now? It's more transmissible than uh, the classical Omicron BA1, but we need to be aware of that. We have an intermediate sub-subvariant called BA11, and this BA11 already had an edge above, uh, above um, BA1, meaning the step between the one that we're already having dominant in the province and BA2 is not that big. Uh, there will be a li- little bit more increased transmission for sure associated with that if it takes a foothold, but it hasn't so far in the province. The other part is it's not more severe than BA1. So my understanding is that when viruses mutate, if they become more transmissible, that usually means they are not more deadly so it's one or the other so i guess the the not idea true. that's not complete true nonsense complete nonsense oh, okay Go somewhere and rinse your mouth okay <laughs> so the, the point really is and i i'm, I'm so strong about that because people get it so wrong this part mm-hmm. that's a complete misunderstanding of the evolution and there are some people suggesting that and they just show they don't have a clue about uh, how, how evolution happens in these situations but you need to be uh, and that's not you of course you mm-hmm. know that's the, the, the so-called experts so the, the problem there is as follows um SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID, is transmitting predominantly before we have symptoms. So Mm. the virus basically doesn't care at all whether it kills you afterwards or whether you end up in hospital or something else or whether you just have a sniffle as long as it can transmit. So the point there is that there's no guarantee in the future that the next variant is as mild as Omicron, that Omicron also was a bit less severe than Delta. This was sheared on block. Mm-hmm. When you think about the situation, the wild type was a much less transmissible, um, but also much less severe than Alpha. Alpha was much less transmissible and also much less severe than Delta. Now it's the first time that we go back and we are less, uh, more transmissible than Delta, but less severe than Delta. Basically, the severity of Omicron right now is about the same like the original virus that caused wave one and wave two. But on a whole, I guess, is is COVID getting weaker in severity, though? 
This depends on two things. One is indeed the virus, and the other one is us, our extent of immunity. If we have had exposition at least three times, um, typically and hopefully three uh, vaccine doses, but uh, sometimes a combination, you know, two vaccine doses and an infection or, any, or anything else, once we have had three expositions, then our immunity starts to be more robust, more mature, and we just see a continued decrease in the risk of serious outcomes after these repeated uh, expositions with a vaccine, hopefully, or with the virus uh, as an infection. And the more immunity we build up over time, this will be booster shots, you know, when this starts to become seasonal, etc., or new infections, the more from the perspective of us as a host, we will be capable of dealing with the virus and therefore the experience will be it's milder. But this doesn't necessarily mean that the virus itself in somebody who is unvaccinated and unexposed is actually, you know, causing milder disease. It could well be that it gets more severe. But as we saw over time, you know, Right now, this virus that we have is, uh, has about the same severity intrinsically as the original virus that caused the wave one and two. But guess what? When you look at mortality, hospitalization rates, etc., it's much, much lower, even so that we have much more mobility. This shows you how powerful the vaccines are. So what is wastewater monitoring data telling us about COVID right now? We've been hearing a lot about the wastewater monitoring over the last couple of months or so how what is uh, what, what's the wastewater monitoring telling us and um, we, we have a, a really good and uh, and and uh, thorough wastewater surveillance system in this province that covers all 34 public health units uh, with uh, you know right now i think we're analyzing 101 locations in the province and what we see is that uh, this the signal that we're seeing, you find that on our dashboard, if you Google, you know, science advisory table, um, <coughs> that the signal that is representative for the province went down dramatically, you know, since the uh, first half of January and then uh, ha- reached the plateau around mid-February and now starts to go up a tiny bit. But it's uh, right now, you know, not at the... At, anything comparable to uh, the levels we had when we peaked for the first time. And based on all the immunity that we developed, it's also extremely unlikely to assume that we would, uh, you know, end up again in a slope as steep than what we had before. So cases probably go up and we will see that in wastewater, but it will not be, you know, the same explosive growth that we had before. Is it safe to assume that we're going to see more COVID variants pop up at some point? Yeah, that's a statistical certainty. And uh, so it depends on us. We need to be aware of that. Pandemic is not over. We will take a few years probably until we make it into something that uh, looks like endemicity. Mm -hmm. But if we're a bit lucky, uh, it will become seasonal now. We don't know. You know, if there's a new variant that is very transmissible, we could see a summer wave. But if we're a bit lucky, we will only see a next wave of infections in late autumn or so. And then the point is that we just get ready and just use few measures. And this will not be the same restrictions as before. That's really important to understand. You know, we're not talking about capacity limits, uh, you know, closed restaurants or whatever. And for, for heaven's sake, uh, no closed schools or so. Not at all. What we're talking about is potentially mass vaccination rollout, you know, that we vaccinate 8, 9, 10 million people again in uh, four weeks. Uh, We're talking about masks, 
perhaps mask mandates and perhaps vaccine certificates that require an updated vaccination that has happened recently. You know, with these, together with optimized ventilation in public spaces and, you know, continued improvement of our healthcare system, we should be able to move relatively robustly the next phase uh, of the pandemic. But if you pretend it's over, we would be all prepared. Summer months will most likely be relatively, uh, you know, nice, good, uh, feel like, you know, quite normal, etc. And the, the issue is just that it may well be that we just uh, need to keep our masks in the back pockets and, you know, might need to use them again late autumn or so for a few months and then we can drop them again. Could happen. And how do you feel about the way the current government in Ontario has been handling uh, the COVID-19 situation, has, has has politics played more of a role than maybe it should have at times? Oh, look, I'm, I'm the, certainly the wrong person to ask there. We had, you know, it was a bumpy road, but, but um, the, I think in general, <coughs> we did really, really quite well. If you compare us with most Western places, we actually did better, apart from a few islands or, you know, places like Finland that are a bit, you know, in a, in a, in a corner in Europe. We're sharing a long border with the U.S., etc. And taking into account everything, it actually went well. The last, you know, when, when we look at that situation since um, after the Alpha wave, this was the third wave, you know, we did tremendously well with Delta and we actually really managed well with Omicron too. And uh, this uh, just shows you also that we have a really strong chief medical officer of health. You know, we we communicate a lot, uh, Dr. Moore and I, Mm -hmm. and I think we're on the right track here. I was a bit surprised how early the communication happened, etc. You know, this last step. But we actually did really well considering the challenges we had. Omicron was absolutely not trivial. People reacted early enough. They bailed us out because they already decreased their contacts before New Year's Eve. And then we had public health measures, short, precise, and we managed. And other places have done much, much, much worse. You can look into the U.S. The U.S. is really not looking good. If you look at their deaths at their hospital and ICU occupancy, it didn't look good at all. Dr. Uni, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. Dr. Peter Uni is Scientific Director of Ontario's Science Table. If you have any comments on that conversation, the phone lines are now open, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands-free. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. We basically drop masks, we go back to normal as before the pandemic, this would backfire. But if we do it the way we typically do it, Ontarians were very good at that, stepwisely, slow, wait a bit more that the weather is getting better and we can also you know, be active outdoors, etc. This will all help and this would then mean that, yes, we probably see a bit of an uptick, but it should hopefully stay manageable for the healthcare system. Dr. Peter Uni joining us a few moments ago. He is scientific director of Ontario's Science Table. A big step coming Monday where uh, the mask mandates will be removed in the province of Ontario come Monday. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. Hands free. Dr. Uni's sounding pretty optimistic, I would say. I... You know, I, I, I was asking Mike Farwell earlier today, 
because I was asking because I know this you know the science table is you know supposed to be advising the province on you know scientific decisions around COVID, and I said, do you think I should ask him whether or not this was a political decision among Doug Ford? And he goes, oh yeah, because the science table doesn't like doesn't like the current government, and but I know Doctor Uni's sounding pretty optimistic. You know, I asked him, you know, how are you feeling? heading into Monday. And he said, we have, we have to remain cautious. Like I, I, I thought he might go, I think we're moving too quickly or whatever, but he said it's the right move at the right time as long as we keep our eye on the ball. Now, the science table did put out a, a study yesterday suggesting that more people will be hospitalized as public health restrictions Lift, and I asked him whether or not Ontario's hospitals will be capable of dealing with that uptick, and he was confident that they would. We also discussed the the BA two variant, the BA two COVID variant. It's it's a sub variant of Omicron, and that that part of the interview actually kind of took me aback because I, I had said something to him and he corrected me as as he should. It was my understanding that with that when viruses mutate, you know, create versions of themselves in an effort to stay alive, they're either more transmissible or more severe. And he says they can be both. I thought it was always one or the other, so that's very interesting. Rush, go ahead. Uh, thanks, Molly. Yeah. He's right. They can be both. But uh, my understanding is that that if you look at throughout history, um, the vast over the like 90 plus percent of the um, evolutions are one or the other, not both. Okay. Um, so it does happen every now and then. Like, I believe the last one was there was one strain of Ebola that they thought was going to take off. Because it was both more de- it, and it was both more deadly and more contagious. Okay, but it ended up phasing out. Um, I also wanted to say that I like I'm I for one am pretty happy that it seems like the government has stopped listening to the Ontario Science Table. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that that trend continues and that they are sort of pushed back into irrelevance. Um, it it kind of ties in nicely with your with your previous segment about conspiracy theories because that. <laughs> That Ontario science table, like they sort of branded it as being this official, you know, unbiased sort of thing. But if you look through all of the conflicts of interest that 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 table has, it's pretty the list is pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. Not just the members that are on the, the board itself or on the table itself, um, current members and former members, but also the, some of the organizations that they partner with um, and, and I think it all speaks to this. You know, we're all sort of familiar with the term the um, uh, military-industrial complex. Uh-huh. Sort of like in the U.S., it was, you know, the the, the war dogs and, and everyone pushing towards war was good for business because there were so many companies, uh-huh. massive, massive companies, and so much money was made on the backs of going to war. And And my concern is that we now have this, pharmaceutical industrial complex where you know lousy food fiat sludge food is pumped out into the population making us sicker and sicker and then we're sold the cures from big pharmaceutical Uh companies 
Yeah, I've heard I've heard that concern before that the you know the pharmaceutical companies have done very well <laughs> during this pandemic with all of the you know all the vaccines that have been developed. But interesting points, nonetheless, always from Rush. This is Kitchener today on City News five seventy. your dialing fingers ready coming up in uh, half an hour from now free phones friday returns an hour of open phones where you can discuss anything that's on your mind as a former radio host of a favorite of mine used to say get it off your chest and on the radio that's coming up in 30 minutes well from soaring gas prices to another world war economic sanction can lead to dire unintended consequences. That's uh, the title of a recent piece in the conversation by Gregory T. Chin. And Gregory joins us this afternoon. Gregory, welcome to the program. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Now, just kind of on a, a, a an overhead view, I think we understand why sanctions are being placed on Russia with the current situation. But a more overhead view, what, what, why would a country put sanctions on another country? What are they hoping to accomplish? Well, I think the main thing is country A is trying to change the behavior or get country B to change its behavior. And so, uh, you know, traditionally you have a number of different tools that country A can use relative to country B. War is one of them. Obviously, diplomacy would be another where you try to influence and convince change in behavior. Uh, but uh, sanctions is another method. It's they've been around probably in, in modern form since just before World War One or around the time of World War One to World War Two, and then of course they've continued to develop and evolve as a as a tool of statecraft and foreign policy ever since. And um, and we've seen, I think, uh, from my research and what others uh, who track, we've seen a growing use of these um, economic sanctions, financial sanctions. Some people call them tools of economic warfare or financial warfare, right, rather than actual hot war. Um, they can be their tools that are often used during cold wars. Of course, there was the Cold War that mm-hmm. we lived through after World War II. So. The main purpose, though, is of one country to try to get another country to change its behavior. And so sanctions seem to be a more popular tool, I guess, now as opposed to in the past, because, uh, you know, we were thinking about armed conflict, but this seems to be an alternative to actual armed conflict. I think that's the intention. You know, as societies and humans evolve in civilization, I think there's been an effort to try to think through just war. Under what conditions is it justifiable to use violence, one society against another, one nation against another, and and to try to circumscribe, though you know the use of war. And so there's been a growing effort to try to say, well, what other tools could be used? And so this uh, the idea that another way to try to pressure another country is to use, yeah, these, these in theory, these kind of nonviolent means, um, but where you still can apply pressure. 
uh, as the Canadian government is saying these days, maximum pressure on, on Mr. Putin and, and, and Russia and the oligarchs and the Russian people. So the idea to try to get them to change uh, their behavior. Um, and so I think that's the intention is that, yeah, these are uh, alternative means to using violence. And you mentioned in your piece these sanctions can have unintended consequences. What are a few examples of those? Well, the, the idea here is that sanctions, like, there's often a, lo- a lack of clarity on exactly what is the type of behavioral change that we're trying to achieve uh, in the target country. And um, having clarity on that, like, do we want them to cease with doing something? Do we want them, like, what exactly are we trying to, or is there more than that? Um, and and so part of the challenge is, you know, we have the idea of what we kind first there's the, the issue of are we really clear on what the intended outcome is? Like, what's the end game? What are we trying to achieve? Sometimes there's lack of clarity. Even in this scenario, I would say, what are we really trying to achieve with Mr. Putin and Russia? Are we trying to get a ceasefire? Are we trying to get the shooting to stop? Are we, or is it more than that? Are the Western countries trying to push for regime change in Russia? You see what I mean? So therefore, what exactly are we trying to achieve Mm -hmm. as far as change behavior on the Russian side? Or are we trying to change the people in power? In which case, what do we try to achieve? Are we trying to get Russian society to rise up? Um, and so there's a, but in, in addition to that kind of lack of clarity on intended outcomes, there's often unintended consequences because mm-hmm. when we start making changes to, or trying to, um, create change in other countries, there are a lot of other factors that we may not have taken into consideration in the target country, in our country, if there's blowback, let's say retaliation from the target, or, third country for example the developing world you know if if all of a sudden through the sanctions gas prices go up food prices go up uh, you know inflation across the world issues with supply chains um what you know is it the, often the, the the danger in this is developing world which is poor in many cases already dealing with covid what happens when they can't get food or if the food prices skyrocket. Now you were saying in your piece that this would disproportionately hurt third world countries because they're already as poor as it is. Exactly. You know, so this is where, you know, part of the sanctions target like Mr. Putin, the oligarchs, and the Russian people. The Russian people, if we're talking about middle class, some of them already may not be supporters of Mr. Putin. Some of them, many of them may be. But we're hitting everyone with our sanctions, so everyone is feeling pain. So then the question is, you know, are are we sure the the people who are all feeling pain are going to respond the way we think or hope? And then, yes, there's also the cost of the developing world and also, to some degree, the cost for the Europeans, Mm -hmm. like the countries that neighbor uh, Ukraine. Of course, there's refugee challenges. But then there's also people talk about Germany, France, Italy, you know, the countries that import a lot of natural gas from Russia. They're actually paying 
a very high price for this war also, as they talk about diversifying now mm-hmm. to other sources. And I suppose... Uh, and then there's a the third world, yeah, yeah. Say, the, the developing world, yes. And, and so I suppose that you know the targeted country could also retaliate with sanctions of their own. They can go the other way as well, making things even worse. Exactly. So this is where Mr. Putin, for example, we know, you know, he's now saying, well, you, you know, you, it's not you're going to sanction my gas into your country. I'm not going to, you know, ship it out. Or I'm not. Then there's the questions of, you know, how does this affect fertilizer supply? For example, uh, Russia is a major supplier of fertilizer for agriculture around the world. Right. And in Canada, we, of course, can produce a lot of fertilizer ourselves. But also the cost of our fertilizer is affected by global fertilizer pricing as well, right? So this is where our farmers, my understanding is Canadian media have already looked into this. Uh, Canadian farmers are very worried right now because, you know, they've already, you know, bought a certain amount of crop. You know, they know they need fertilizer. They have to start planting in a couple of weeks' time. And gas prices are going up. So, like, the farmers are even in Canada looking saying, what does this mean for Canadian farmers? And then, of course, there's the farmers in other parts, or United States even, right? Then Iowa and the Midwest, the United States, they're also have to start planting in the next couple of weeks. They have to think about fertilizer as well. And I've heard Brazil with soybean crop. They're also looking at going, what does this mean for their supply of fertilizer coming from Russia? And, you know, and so there's a lot of these issues that, unfortunately, we don't, there's not, like the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is probably the one body globally that look, tries to think through the systemic impact right now. And I'm quite concerned that our government and the NATO governments, Western governments, I don't know to what degree they've thought it all the way through. And, you know, agriculture is a big part of the economy of Ukraine and people fleeing yes. fleeing Ukraine it can also have a, a negative impact on world markets. Absolutely, because their farmers, like, they need to start, they would start planting in the next couple of weeks, right? And so, you know, they're a major wheat exporter, as you're saying, right? And, you know, for the parts of the world, including Northern Africa, Middle East, that eats bread product, uh, and, of course, we in Canada eat bread product. But, yeah, they, absolutely. So if the Ukrainian farmers, who are a major supplier of grain around the world, if they can't get their, their plant, if they can't plant, and also their infrastructure, right, their ports, their rail systems, if they can't get, A, the gra- like the seed in the ground, the grain harvested, and then exported out through the systems because they've been through war, this has major impact. And how will the impact of the the Russian sanctions that we're seeing today, how how will they be measured? That is a really good question. Like, this is where governments have not been clear. The Canadian government has not been clear. Like, when will we know when the sanctions have been successful? Because all we've heard so far is, A, what's the goal of these sanctions? Punish Mr. Putin, punish the oligarchs who support him. Okay, maximum pressure campaign on the Russian regime in the hopes that, you know, civil society will rise up in some way and bring about changes. But, like, what does that mean? So how do we know? Like, is it, would it be a ceasefire in the Ukraine, in the battle? Would it be the withdrawal of Russian forces? 
Or is it more than that? Mm-hmm. Political changes in Russia. And so at what point do we turn off the sanctions? Or, or at what point, like, which sanctions do we turn off when? Yeah, and you know, if... At, Mm-hmm. I was going to say, or, or, or do they stay on indefinitely? Yeah, and what if Russia if, succeeds in this, do, do right. these some of these sanctions stay on indefinitely? Right, and so this is the other question. So this is where I would I would like to hear from the Canadian politicians and leaders. Like, what's the plan here? Right, like what? What? Okay, so you say you know you've announced all these sanctions. There's something like supposedly three thousand sanctions right now on the mm-hmm. Russians. That's one count that I've heard from Indian media, right, from yeah. the NATO allies and Japan and some other, you know, allies of the West, that there's only 3,000 sanctions now on the Russian economy. Like, I want, like, it may bring the Russian economy to its knees, but, but A, is that, that could be potentially massively destabilizing because Russia is also integrated into global networks. But then, and of course, the regional networks in Europe. But then, yeah, at what point do you do you turn on which we turn off which sanctions and, and reverse the sanctions? And is it fair to say that the sanctions we're seeing being put on Russia are it, it, the general citizens of Russia are seeing probably the bigger impacts than the government? You could argue that because you know the sanctions are so widespread, you know, and and when they're when they're, you know, basically denying, for example, the ability of Russian banks to be able to access the SWIFT system, right, the international system where banks send messages and money to each other, um, it, it, you know, this then causes people to worry about whether they can have access to money and then everyone's running to the ATM machine in Russia. But then there's also the companies that are pulling up and pulling out right, for the Western companies. And so, yeah, this is, and of course, this affects supply and demand inside the Russian economy and the ruble, the, the currency, you know, its value has been greatly affected. So then the cost, you know, for great volatility for people as far as, you know, their basic li- basic living. And and so absolutely, it, it, it will have a broad effect on many people. And the question, of course, in a case like the, the case of the Russian system is, you know, to what degree does this really affect Mr. Putin, his wealth, you know, when you have a system where so much power is centralized in the government or the state in Russia? Like, how much are you really affecting the top leaders? Now, the oligarchs, maybe they've had some of their wealth hit, but then they also, people talk about, well, but a lot of the wealth of the oligarchs is oligarchs has been kind of, you know, put into different... <laughs> different channels in different places so it's not so easy to trace um and so yeah it's not clear that all the sanctions you know are actually really hitting heaviest the intended target and and but you may be creating a lot of mass suffering for the russian people gregory thanks very much for your time this afternoon okay thank you thank you gregory t chin is associate professor of political economy in the Department of Politics at York University and is a former Canadian diplomat at York University. He writes in the conversation, from soaring gas prices to another world war, economic sanctions can lead to dire unintended consequences. And some of the things in that conversation, he's, he mentions you know, some, of, some of my concerns. You know, we see some of these sanctions that are being put on by Russia from many, many other countries. 
And I, I'm, I don't doubt that some of it is, is, is hurting Vladimir Putin and his government, but a lot of the sanctions are probably also disproportionately hurting the actual citizens of Russia, who I saw a, a picture on, online the other day, but Russians just lined up for blocks to get money out of their bank accounts. It's, it, it can't be a fun situation. Of course, obviously not in Ukraine, but again, in, in Russia as well. Citizens, just general citizens on both sides of the border are caught up in the crossfire, both literally and figuratively. If you have a comment on this, we always take your calls, 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. There's been a growing effort to try to say, well, what other tools could be used? And so this, uh, the idea that another way to try to pressure another country is, in theory, these kind of non-violent means, um, but where you still can apply pressure. The Canadian government is saying these days, maximum pressure on, on Mr. Putin and, and, and Russia and the oligarchs and the Russian people. So the idea to try to get them to change uh, their behavior. And so I think that's the intention is that, yeah, these are uh, alternative means to using violence. Gregory T. Chin is Associate Professor of Political Economy in the Department of Politics at York University and former Canadian diplomat at York University, joining us a few moments ago to discuss his recent piece in the conversation. From soaring gas prices to another world war, economic sanctions can lead to dire, unintended consequences. 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands free. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, I was listening to the professor talk with some interest. He he didn't seem to propose any alternatives. Uh-huh. He sounds like a major hand wringer, in all honesty. I didn't I, ask I, him. Well, in fairness, though, I didn't ask him maybe what an alternative would be. Maybe that would have been a good question to ask. Yeah, like like what are our options? If we don't put pressure on Russia, do we just roll over and let them do what they want, or mm. does? Does he want a hot war in our hands? Nobody wants that. Yeah, of course not. And in, in all honesty, I mean, people are upset about the price of gas. Well, you know, when you're having a sort of pills against having bombs dropped on your head and schools blowing up. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's, I hate to use the phrase first world problem, but that's sort of what it is. Yeah. And uh, as for the Russian people, well, you know, they're the ones that were happy to support him and keep him in power. Yeah, but remember the uh, the the election system isn't there isn't exactly free and democratic. Yeah, but honestly, I don't think any dictators ever stayed in power without the tacit approval and support of the people of their country. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they spend all their time fighting uprisings. And as for the oligarchs, yeah, they are tracking down their assets. They're having to hide their yachts and stuff's happening. It's costing them money. I think what their ultimate aim is maybe regime change from inside, like get the people to stop supporting them, maybe get the oligarchs to change leaders. It's like it's nasty business. Yeah, thanks for the call, Sean. That's I mean, that ultimately is is what it's going to happen. That's really how you get a lot of regime changes, change from the inside. And we have seen protests in Russia 
against this against this war. I mean, let's call it for what it is. I know in Russia you're not allowed to call it a war. You can get a 25-year prison sentence as you refer to this as a war. It, it, it's officially supposed to be referred to as a what is it, a special interest operation or something like that. But, it, you know, big government dictators and things, I mean, I think secretly there's a lot of people in those countries, you know, like like Russia, like North Korea, and, and maybe even China, who don't support the government, but, but you're not allowed to say anything about it. And even if you say something to your neighbor about it, you could be risked because your neighbor might be a government spy. So I, what's going on in your mind and what actually is, is happening on the ground are, are, are two different things. It's, it's the government. The government in these big in these big countries is is very powerful, and if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, they can literally make you disappear. <laughs> That's pretty scary. But uh, uh, thanks for the call, Sean. We are just on the doorstep of free phones Friday. We haven't done this for a couple of weeks, but I always enjoy the listener interaction. It's my favorite part of listening to various talk radio shows that I've listened to over the years. Interviews are great. They can be very informative, but I always love hearing from the listenership. So phone lines are open now, 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands-free. For the next hour, anything you want to talk about is up for grabs. Get it off your chest and on the radio. Free Phones Friday returns, at least for this week, here on City News 570. Again, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715. Anything you want to talk about from 2 till 3, as the phones are free. So I look forward to hearing from you. There's a number of different topics we can discuss, including anything you've heard on on today's show that is also open. Earlier we were talking about conspiracy theories. We can we can pick that conversation up if you want as well. Have a little bit of fun for the next hour. Which conspiracy theory do you think might be true? Anything you want to talk about coming up next on Free Phones Friday on City News 570. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Here we go! It's about that time for some open lines. It's just you and me, and the phones are free. 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. Anything you want to talk about is fair game 
for the next hour. It is Free Phones Friday here on City News 570. Let's kick it off with Catherine. Catherine, go ahead. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, I heard a, a, a promising uh, uh, report on, from the Canadian press that, um, you know, Canadians are going to, you know, uh, buy less in the grocery store and, and you know, to save money. Mm-hmm. Well, I I buy uh, no name. Uh, it, it there it's a twenty five liter bag of uh, powdered milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a lot less. It's less than what those bags of milk are in the in the refrigerator. Because you're not paying for all the water, right? Mm, I yeah. Well, I'm paying. For, yeah. Well, yeah, you have to mix it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is powdered milk compared to the stuff you would buy at the it, store? Is it all right? Uh, it, pardon? It, it, is it okay? Does it taste okay? Oh, yeah, yes. The, the thing is, yeah, you want it cold. Yeah. It, and it, 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 I've baked with it. I've made yogurt with it. Uh-huh. Uh, it it's perfectly fine to... to to do it that way, mm-hmm. you know. And one other topic it, you might want to consider is to call to talk to somebody from the region of Waterloo landfill. I wonder how how that's going, you know, going down. Right. You know, with us staying at home. So yeah. Huh. All right. All right. That's an interesting angle. Yeah. What, how whether how the uh, or how the the pandemic and staying at home might have an interest on or an effect on the landfill. I know here at the office, you know, obviously with with fewer people at the office, there's a lot less garbage here. But you know, I don't even think maybe just whatever garbage would have been thrown out here at the office is just being moved to home. But that might be an interesting angle. Maybe I'll suggest that. Joel, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. You got a comment? Yeah, I was just uh, just going to bring up a, a little topic on this Friday. I know there's uh, some pretty heavy topics that mm-hmm. sometimes get discussed, but uh, I was having a conversation with a coworker the other day about uh, which day that we like to have off the most. Um, I I know many of us work like a nine to five type Monday to Friday job. Yeah. He likes Fridays off, and I like Mondays off, and you know I'm just wondering what what other people think. So, so the question would be, if you work, you know, typically Monday to Friday, nine to five, but if you were to have a three day weekend, would you want the day on the Friday or the Monday? Hmm. Hmm. I personally, I think, would choose Friday because I find that when there's a, an off day. On a Monday, it, it kind of messes up my weekend. I'm, I, I keep thinking that it's Sunday all the time, right? <laughs> I guess it could happen sure. the other way, but I, I would choose a Friday if I had to choose. How about you? I would go with the Monday, personally. I like, I kind of like the surprise of remembering on a Sunday evening, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have tomorrow <laughs> off. I can just sleep in. It's all good. And then by the time you get to work on Tuesday, you only have four days left. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's not a... It, I guess because positives on both ends. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks, Joel. That, yeah, if you want to answer that, too. If, if you're going to have a three-day weekend, do you like the Friday day off or the Monday day off? 
That might be a fun thing to weigh on here on Free Phones Friday at 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And Star 570, anything you want to talk about for the next hour is fair game. It's Free Phones Friday here on Kitchener Today on City News 570. Andy, go ahead. How's it going? Good. What's your comment? Uh, You were talking earlier about uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, Well, and aliens and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, And I was wondering, like, I was thinking that if there were aliens that, if they were any good, right, (laughs) that they would stop a nuclear war. Right, the aliens would stop a nuclear war from even happening. Yeah. Okay. Wanted to save people on a planet, right? Right. It would do that. Right. Hmm. I mean, that didn't happen during the Second World War with Japan. Right. But Japan was killing a lot of Americans, and if the war would have, they would have fought to the last person. Right. So that war could have been allowed, so to speak. Right, um, the actually the use of the nuclear weapons there. Right, mm-hmm. just a theory. Right, but okay. I, I'm just I'm trying to think I, when the, if aliens come down and look at the planet as a whole. I don't know. Is it in their best interest to to, to solve a, a nuclear war? Don't they have problems on their own planet? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, if they've evolved that far that they could travel like millions of light years or whatever. Mm-hmm then um, surely they would have overcome that desire or will to destroy each other. So so your theory is, are you suggesting that aliens don't exist because they would have stopped the nuclear war by now? Or or they do exist because there has not been no nuclear war? Um, actually, neither. I think that uh, that would be proof that they would exist, right? Okay. Yet there's been all kinds of, like, grainy photography and... Um, misinformation and everything like that. Right. um, I just kind of have to wonder, like, do they even really exist? Hmm. All right. Thanks for the call, Andy. I hadn't thought of that angle. Yeah, at uh, at 1230 today, we were talking about conspiracy theories and which conspiracy theory do you think might be true? We did get a couple of of UFO-related calls. And uh, I, I think there could be life in other parts of the universe, but whether or not they've come to Earth in their spacecraft, that one, I, I'm, that would be the deciding factor for me. I, I'm not sure whether they have the ability or whether or not even the desire to travel all the way across the universe. <laughs> but the fun things that we can, can ponder here on Free Phones Friday. Terry, go ahead. Hey, Paulie, uh, there might be some aliens among, amongst us. You never know, right? Yeah. Isn't there a theory that Stephen Harper might have been a, an alien? I <laughs> haven't heard that one, but I wouldn't be surprised. I was up there anyway. Kind of ridiculous. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, my day off would probably be Monday, too. I think it would make the week go uh, faster. But, uh, Paulie, uh, you know, um, now that we know about your hidden talent, you know what you should do? Paul? What you hidden talent? And I know you have you, you have that love for the Toronto Blue Jays. You should apply for play-by-play on the radio, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and since your parent company owns that team, I think you already have an in. I might have an in. An yeah, an good point. There, yeah, yeah no, I'm telling you, man. You, you, you laugh it off, but you, you, 
you with that with your uh, radio spirit, you can go places, man. I'm telling you, right. and and it, it's just a perfect fit because I know you love the Blue Jays. So yeah, I do. To ponder about. I do love my Blue Jays. That's right, Terry. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna. I haven't heard anything about whether or not they're going to have a second person in the booth this year, whether Ben Wagner's still going to do it himself. Did he do it? Yeah, I didn't catch much last year. Did he do the whole thing by himself? Yeah, he did. And I remember they started the season doing the radio-television combined broadcast, and that didn't go over well with a lot of people, particularly on the radio side. So halfway through the season, they brought back a radio-only broadcast. Yeah, it was only Ben, though. Yeah, it makes sense to have that. You know, simultaneously, because uh, doing radio and, and television, you, you view the game differently, and how you call it is yeah. Kind of, and then also, different. yeah. And whenever radio and television combine, too, it's usually radio that takes the back seat. I've heard, you know, whenever you hear television audio on the radio, you'll you'll hear, oh yeah, take a look at this here. Yeah. I can't see it. I'm listening on the radio, so it yeah, have, it doesn't yeah, always have, work out. Yeah, you have to call it so. differently. All right, thanks, sure, Terry, for the call. Free Phones Friday here on City News 570-519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands-free. Here's a guy who I always appreciate his contributions. Let's see what he brings to the table today. Kyle, go ahead. <laughs> well, hello, Uncle Paulie. Where's, where's Cousin Brittany? Is she sitting there? No, she uh, she was here earlier uh, she actually went home today, so okay, really. hey, I think I she might have gone home for the weekend, taking an extra long weekend, only by an hour though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, so I went to I went to Krabby Joe's yesterday after you know for St. Patty's Day just to enjoy a beer, right? Yeah. I got I got in trouble, I and mean, this might have to be my last phone call because I walked into the beer and a couple of my buddies came up to me and said, "You know, Kyle, I heard you on the radio yesterday, and we can't be friends because you're not going to give me fifty dollars if." Uh, you win the money from the lo- from the lottery <laughs> yesterday. Serves you right, Kyle. You were the <laughs> no. one call we got that said I wouldn't even give my buddy back even the fifty dollars back. I might give him a coffee or two. A coffee yeah. must be must be. <laughs> hopefully, it's a nice coffee. One of the ones that goes all the way through a cat before you drink it. If <laughs> you heard of those, those are like a hundred dollars a a, a a glass. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that would be like one from Tim Hortons, you know, the one that are like $1.69 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to say that there. So have a good weekend. And you know what? I'm I'm working right now, and this weather is fantastic. And it, it looks kind of cloudy, but is it, is, it, is it still warm out? Oh, yeah. I got my T-shirt. I only have a T-shirt. I keep the spring jacket off. Like, this is perfect. So Great. Right, I look forward to 3 o'clock when I can get out of here. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, for those of you who might have missed it, yesterday on Mike Farwell's show, we were playing around with a hypothetical situation where, you know, a buddy of yours gives you $50 and you take that $50 to go to the casino and you win $100,000. What do you do? Do, 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 you, do you give your buddy nothing? Because afterwards he, he gave you the, the money to, to gamble with. Whatever happens, happens. Do you at least give him the 50 bucks back? Do you give him a little bit, maybe like $1,000, or do you split it right down the middle? I opted to give him $1,000, and I was shocked yesterday, honestly shocked at the number of people who called in to say that at the most they would do is give back the original $50 investment. Like, come on, give him a thousand dollars. I know, I know, he gave it to you, but I mean, come on, he's your buddy, he's your pal. How can you be so cheap and stingy after, especially after you already won a hundred thousand dollars? 
I was I was honestly a little bit shocked. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen and star five seventy. It is free phones Friday on City News five seventy. John, what do you have to say? Oh, I was just going to talk about this Russian uh, leader, which is named Putin or something like that. Vladimir Putin. Yep. Put on close enough. Uh, he, um, you know, builds up all his arms and, and, and missiles and warheads. They shoot them from the ground, from submarines, from everywhere. And then they get all the newer ones, which he's spending money on. And now he's got no place to put them. Mm-hmm. So you need storage space. So you just dump all your missiles, all your old stuff, wherever you're going to do it. It's going to be over in the next country. But uh, same thing the Americans did in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Look at when they were over in... Uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and all that stuff. They, every bit of equipment they took with them, they just left it there, right? Because that way they got room for all their new uh, ordinance and stuff like that, you know? And that's the right. same thing this guy's doing, you know? Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm I, too young to remember the Vietnam War. It wasn't even a lie. But R- Russia's a huge country, though. Don't they have room to store or store their weapons somewhere? In that large country? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's Free Phones Friday on City News 570. Let's go next to Tamara. Tamara, go ahead. Good afternoon, Polly. Hello. Hi. Tamara. Hello. Three. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. Oh, all right. Anyways, uh, with your your ideal with your uh, with what you were talking about, Farwell, I would be giving half the money back because it was your friend that made that happen. Yeah, I, we heard that a lot yesterday too. Yeah. Uh, my question relates harkens back to the one thirty interview you had with Mister Chin. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, not many people know this, at least those that are not in the know. But uh, yeah, basically, the Chinese Communist Party uh, pays or intimidates their shills around the world to promote their narrative mm-hmm. and their narrative at the moment has been modified to help the russian government which is basically in uh, alignment with the chinese communist government and xi jinping and they're being told to pump down the uh, the defense of the west in favor of the uh, russians and mr putin or as what your other person said mm-hmm. put on and uh, yeah basically um, chin's just doing a show work to be able to cast doubt and to cast out the possibility that what you're doing is wrong and that Putin okay. is right to go into Ukraine. All right. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, it's interesting theory, but I, I don't subscribe to it, to be honest. But uh, this is Free Phones Friday on City News 570. We're going to take a break, but still lots of time for you and you and you on the phones on Free Phones Friday here on City News 570. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen. And Star 570 hands-free. It is Free Phones Friday here on City News 570. Get it off your chest and on the radio. Bob, go ahead. Hey, Paul. How are you, sir? Good. What do you got for us? Oh, nothing serious. I was just wondering when you could tell me when, when you start carrying the Blue Jay guns. I think because of Kitchener Rangers conflicts, I think the only one we're carrying is the first weekend 
in April. Then, of course, once the regular season starts, we will carry as many as possible. Oh, no, we won't have to worry about the Leafs for long. Yeah, the, <laughs> okay, Bob. Yeah, the Leafs, as soon as the Leafs get knocked out, is that, you'll be hearing more Blue Jays. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, Blue, Blue Jay season is coming up. I know Bob is a is a big fan of listening to the Blue Jay games on the radio. I am as well. There for some reason the game on Saturday is not on the radio anyway. Now it is on Sportsnet. So if uh, you have cable or Sportsnet now or whatever, tomorrow's game is on Sportsnet. Sunday's game will be on the radio. I do not believe we're carrying it here on City News, but you'll be able to catch it on uh, Sportsnet Radio in Toronto if you want to do that. But again, yeah, Blue Jays season is coming up, and I'm glad that uh, they reached a deal. Uh, I was worried that we weren't going to have baseball until, you know, June or July. And uh, we talked about that earlier this week as well. And maybe you have a comment on how you think the Blue Jays are going to do this season. Uh, They've made a couple of off-season acquirements, and they are, I believe, second in favor to win the World Series based on some analytics, next only to the Dodgers, who managed to pick up Freddie Freeman. So certainly the Dodgers would be the solid number one World Series contender now. But hey, maybe it's going to be the Blue Jays and the Dodgers in the World Series, number one and number two ranked at the beginning of the season. That would be a lot of fun. Ruri, go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. Let's talk about lottery tickets. If you give me a lottery ticket for a dollar and I win 50000 mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it. But listen, I would not do the same in reverse. I will not give anybody a gift, a 649 ticket or whatever, any kind of lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm not going to give it to my buddy as a, as a present. Mm-hmm. You know what? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if he wins... What if he wins? What if he wins? No, mm-hmm. I'm keeping this ticket. I've done this before. I bought the tickets, and I said, no, I'll buy him a tie. I'm keeping the tickets. <laughs> right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just do not buy tickets and give to your friends because you don't ask him for trouble. God forbid the guy wins. He feels guilty because yeah. you bought it, and you pissed off because you didn't keep it. So don't do it. <laughs> now, <laughs> with our discussion yesterday... Uh, one of the, I see, I can't explain why I think it's different, but I think if you give a lottery ticket to someone, you know, as a birthday gift, you put it in the card or whatever, and they win, I don't think there's any expectation at that point of giving the money back. And again, I, I maybe I'm a hypocrite by thinking that way and compared to the $50 in the hypothetical example we were talking about. I think if you give a lottery ticket and that lottery ticket is a winner, yeah, it might be nice if you give the person who gave you the ticket a little bit of money, but I don't think you should be expected to. Again, I don't know what the difference is. I haven't really thought about it, but for some reason in my mind, there's a difference there. More Free Phones Friday coming up after the news on City News 570. 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. It's free phones Friday. Get it off your chest and on the radio. Charlie, go ahead. Hey, hey how are you doing there, Paul? Good. Haven't heard from you in a while, Charlie. Go ahead. I phoned earlier in the week. Oh, you did. That's right. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been a long it's week, Charlie. Long I'm week. sorry. But you know something? If I won that 100000 I mean, fair is fair. I would give that person 50 bucks worth of scratch and win tickets and say, whatever you win, it's yours. Yeah, maybe that's an alternative. Fair is fair. I would yeah. have a caveat in there. Let them gamble it away. But, you know, on a more serious note, Paul, I got a bit of a bone to pick with Brittany. Here Uh-oh. she takes off and lets you run the show by yourself, which you do anyways. But she just <laughs> takes off, lets you do everything. Does she not realize that you've already won two Edwin R. Mayor Awards for technical support in radio? <laughs> okay. Does Brittany not realize that you've also won that coveted John Cretchen Award for bilingualism and broadcasting? Does she not know all this stuff? What bilingualism award for broadcasting? That's the John Cretchen Award. Yeah. What John Cretchen <laughs> Oh, you're too humble. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know... I'm just, I'm just an, another Canadian hoping that maybe someday, and I know you've earned it, someday Brittany might refer to you as Mr. Harriet, because like I say, you have earned it. <laughs> Doesn't have to be all the time, but okay. she should show you a little bit more respect, Paul. Oh, thanks very much, Charlie. Listen, Br- Brittany works very hard. I have a lot of respect for her as well. And, uh, you know, the truth be told, you know, when... When I started filling in a few weeks ago, among some of the other different hosts, the original plan was to have Brittany and I co-host. And she's more than willing or more than welcome to do that. I would welcome that. She she really likes the behind-the-scenes stuff, as do I. But, you know, I if Brittany wants to come on, she can, but she, she just... I, I don't I don't think she likes being on the air as much, certainly not as a, a as a host. And I keep trying to pull her on the air. Hey, you want to join me for this or that? And she likes to stay in the background. But uh, I do have a lot of respect for Brittany as well. And Brittany, you're welcome on the show at any time. And uh, I'm not even sure what my point was there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks very much, Charlie. But uh, Brittany does pull her own weight around here. That's for sure. Trevor, go ahead. Hey, man. Just, uh, you're doing a good job, Holly. Yeah, thanks. Uh, hey, uh, regarding that uh, lottery thing, I think you got a lot of greedy people calling in here. I know. I was, my faith in humanity was shattered. Oh, it, it's terrible. I, I think that I would because I didn't have $50 to start out with, so let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. My friend lent me 50 bucks. I'm looking at it this way. I'll give him 75 and I'll keep 25 because that's still $24,950 more than I had when I went in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, because my original thing was I was going to give the person 10000 but I, I think Mike Farwell wanted to stay within the the parameters, like one of four specific options. So I backed it down to 1000 But I would have, had I had a free vote, it would have been 10000 I gave my buddy. No, I think I'd give him more. Okay, well, that's that's very generous of you, uh, Trevor. Of course, it makes me look bad now. But, uh, yeah, I did the number of people who called in yesterday who said that at most they would give back the original $50 investment. I was shocked. I really was shocked. Free phones Friday on City News 570, 519-570. 2545 out of town 1-800-570-5715 and star 570 hands free grant go ahead 
Hi, Polly. You're doing a good job of filling Brian's boots. No, thanks. Uh, they're big boots to fill. They them. are certainly huge boots. Huge. Not just big. Huge. Well put. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> so having said that, uh, I've got a couple issues uh, that i like to get off my mm-hmm. chest. Uh, one is about, the, you know, what would you give back? Uh, I... Uh, I would give at least 50% back, if not uh, a whole lot more like your last caller, mm-hmm. and, and been there and done that. And, uh, yeah, was not a problem. Well, it's not big of money, but anyways, it didn't matter. Right. Uh, the, but you had a caller in there asking about whether the aliens would uh, help uh, or maybe uh, put a, a stop to the nuclear war. Yeah. I I think uh, Professor uh, Rush should have an opinion on this. Okay. <laughs> he seems to have uh, a vast knowledge of everything else. Yeah. I think he could give us an answer to that. <laughs> okay. Well, Rush, if you're listening, call in. Would, na- would aliens be willing to stop a nuclear war on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. Good talking to you. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks a lot, Grant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All we, we know, we're covering the big gamut of topics today. Earlier this week, too, at two p.m. on Tuesday. Well, what, no, it was a one thirty at one thirty on Tuesday. This the, the latest debate that everybody on the internet seems to be talking about. What are there more of in the world, doors or wheels? And there's interesting arguments on both sides, but. <laughs> I mentioned it to some people here at the station, and everybody has an opinion. You know, there's 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 millions of each. What are, so you maybe want to comment on that? What are there more of in the world? Are there more doors or are there more wheels in the world? Because <laughs> some doors have wheels, because it gets really complicated. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen and star five seventy hands free. Rui, go ahead. Uh, Polly, uh, I have to call you back again. Yeah. I'm wondering, are you going to take over the afternoon show? Or is my other good friend, the half-Portuguese, half-Italian, uh, Mariano uh, reporter, going to take, off the, take on the show? No, it's... If one of you guys do it, I have a nomination. Okay. It, oh, so either Polly. one. If you guys don't take on the afternoon show... Right? Yeah. And it's up to somebody else. Yeah. Say, I, I, I nominate Rush, your caller. <laughs> okay. I am not joking. Yeah. I think he, he might be willing guy, to do it. But... Talker, you know, that's the cable conversation. And uh, uh, that's it. All <laughs> right. Thank you, Rory. So either me or Rush for the afternoon host. I, 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 we, we get a lot of uh, caller reaction. Uh, both on and off the air and on email and stuff when Rush calls. he People either love him or they hate him. And he can be overly provocative. And I think maybe that is some of some of his appeal. I think a lot of the points he makes are are interesting in theory. Sometimes it's a little more provocative than maybe it should be. I think maybe that's kind of what rubs people the wrong way. I, I don't think Rush is all a bad guy. 
But uh, thank you, Ruri, for for your comment. I, it's <laughs> obviously Ruri uh, likes hearing when Rush calls in. So, and you can call in too on Free Phones Friday. We still got a lot of time for your calls. We got uh, twenty minutes left till three o'clock. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five. Out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen, and star five seventy. Free Phones Friday. Get it off your chest. And on the radio, we're here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Sean, go ahead. You know, that gentleman talking about the aliens stopping nuclear war? Yeah. Well, there was a book written. Do you know know who Isaac Asimov was? No, I don't. He was a science fiction author. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book in 1957 called The Gentle Vultures. It was about a race that established a moon base. And they waited for us to blow ourselves up so they could establish, so they could help us for a certain price. Interesting hmm. story. All right. It's, it's science fiction, right? But, yeah. I mean, yeah. who they knows? They wanted basically to exploit us. So they waited for us to blow ourselves up so they could help us the same way that other countries have helped other countries. Hmm. And some people think we're on the brink of nuclear war right now, Sean. Maybe, maybe it's not science fiction. Well, you know what? I grew up during the Cold War, so it's making me feel young all over again. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) All right. Thanks for the call, Sean. Okay. All right. Thank you. Free Phones Friday on City News 570. We'll be back in a moment. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen and star five seventy hands free. It is free phones Friday. You can call in about anything you want from now till three o'clock. On the topic of guest hosts, because a caller mentioned it in the last segment, I I'm sure they don't want me to mention any names, but the host coming up on Monday, I am quite excited about. And uh, if you are a listener, a frequent listener, a longtime listener of talk radio in southern Ontario, not this station, nobody who's been on this station before, but talk radio in southern Ontario, you may be familiar with this person. And I certainly was a fan of this person when they were on the radio. And uh, looking forward to, to Monday. I think you might enjoy it as well. I think maybe I've already said too much. Andre, go ahead. Hey, good afternoon. Um, I don't know how to call you no more because you got so many titles on your belt. You got to calm down. It won't be able to afford you, Mr. Pauly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, second thing is uh, I'm going to tease you because you're almost done soon. I'm having a five-item pizza here with an Alexander Keefe. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it is. And... uh, I spent my day outside for three days. It's beautiful weather. Um, I wanted just to add on that. Um, I heard about aliens and the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the Germany back in the days, uh, they came up with how did the Germany had all these special weapons and it said maybe it was the aliens that gave them this kind of, you know what I mean? Wasn't there something about that? You know what? I, I, I've never looked into the whole aliens and tank. foreign policy. Yeah, it was like kind of like, how did he get his hand on this super tank or super weapon that yeah. we did not, you know what I mean? So, uh, so you think the aliens gave who some super weapons? 
Oh, I didn't want to say the name, but Hitler. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. I, I guess I got it out of you, Andre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that well, actually a theory? I've never, ever even heard even anything remotely close to that. Yeah, I used to watch history and um, geography and all that stuff because it's very... I'm trying to be smarter, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was... It was. I don't know if it was just talk to talk, but I think they were just saying, like, the human beings were not capable of doing something like that back right. then. So that was another theory. And I just don't like what's happening right now because it doesn't matter what's happening. Innocent people are dying. Oh, of course. People, you know, and I just wanted to finish on uh, one of the shows we had this week. I think it was with Mr. Farwell. I think another big problem we should more invest into is that the immigrant refugees that are coming in, um, they are normal like anybody else. We're all equal, but they do need more um, like that one person was saying at the board. He was um, black. Um, you know, we see this person as, but we need more information. We, you know what I mean? Because I had a friend from Morocco. Mm-hmm. And when he was 14, they used to play with guns and grenades. It was normal to them. When he came here, was, I was saying to myself, like, what the heck this kid is about, right? But once you understand and have more knowledge, we become more alike. That's my point. All right. Thanks a lot for the call, Andre. Terry, go ahead. Hey, Paulie, I'm back. Listen, Andy Frost is going to host a show Monday? <laughs> no, it's not Andy Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, listen, when Rui called in, he said about Rush, can you imagine uh, Mike, Farwell, Mike Farwell and Rush on Between Two Hosts? Oh, oh that, that, would be, that would be <laughs> that, that would be, be interesting. That would be great. Farwell wouldn't even let him in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to put him in separate, uh, like, and close him in separate. Yeah. Uh, or cubicles or something like fence them off kind of thing, I guess. But right. yeah, that would be interesting. Anyway, Paulie, have a good weekend, my friend. Great, great. Cool. Thanks a lot, Terry. Free Phones Friday on City News 570-519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. We've still got a few times, few, few moments left, rather, for your calls here on Free Phones Friday. Okay, the name on my screen... Says Biker Bob. Go ahead, Biker Bob. That big 10 4. It's biking season soon. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want to just call in and uh, say that I'm on uh, Rush's side. You know, okay. like having Farwell and Rush in the same room would be like watching the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. <laughs> right? Is that totally even possible with team. the way the divisions are lined up? I can never oh remember. God. Oh, my God. Mike yes, Farwell it is. And, right. The Leafs and the Canadians could never meet in the in the Stanley Cup anymore, right? Well, it would be a war. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Anyway, no, Rush uh, is, uh, is a hell of a smart guy. He reads a lot of good stuff. He doesn't listen to a lot of the mainstream stuff, and it's always refreshing to listen to him when I do listen to 570. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. It's it, It's... I don't have the time to read as much as some of our callers, and and, and maybe some of what they're reading is nonsense, but uh, I wish I did have more time to read so that at least I can kind of, you know, keep on par with, you know, what some of the people are saying. That's one of the reasons I was, uh, you know, I would be reluctant, I think, to do this job full-time because I'm not as well-read as I should be. Now, of course, you can change that. You know, pick up a book, but uh, it's I'm just I'm I'm not as well read. I mean, I, I, 
I, I know, you know, some stuff about some topics, but I sometimes I feel that I should know more, particularly with pop culture. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I've seen a handful of movies in my life and that's it. <laughs> sometimes it can be embarrassing, as maybe you've heard on the air with uh, Farwell and I from time to time. He'll throw out a quote on a on a movie or something. I don't even know what the reference is. <laughs> uh, here we go. Bob, go ahead. Hey, Paulie. Sorry. I was going to ask you a question before, but I didn't get to it. Okay. Oh, sorry. I, I must have uh, hung up on you early. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, I was wondering, how do you feel about not wearing a mask? Because I think I'm going to wear a mask even after it's... Right. I I, you know, how am I going to say this? I'm going to wear a mask even when you don't have to. Because I feel safer with one than without one. Right, and, and, that, and that's cool uh, if people want to wear a mask. I'm looking forward to not wearing a mask in, you know, as many situations as possible. Now, I will respect any business I walk into that still asks you to wear a mask or a restaurant or whatever. Uh, here at the radio station, we're, we're continuing the mask policy in the building here for another month or two, or I don't even know how long, maybe even to the end of the year, but, you know, I will respect other people's decisions. So I, I'm i going to try not wearing the mask, and we'll see what happens. Well, is, that, is that the answer that you're looking for, Bob? Yep. Have a good weekend. All right, cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and it's all I, 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 again, I, you know, I wonder what's going to happen come Monday. And maybe I suppose I could have looked into what, has happened in other areas where mask mandates have already disappeared. You know, I just hope that we can respect each other's decisions. I just, I just worry that there's going to be, uh, uh, you know, people bugging each other at stores or whatever because they're not wearing a mask or that they're still wearing, making fun of people because they're still wearing a mask, whatever. Uh, let's just respect each other's individual decisions. And yeah, I, I, we had a caller yesterday who suggested that, you know, how interesting because is my decision being the caller. I never wanted to wear the mask in the first place. And I was made fun of and called names and things like that. And, and that is an unfortunate uh, situation to be in, but uh, we'll see what happens come Monday. Roy, go ahead. Yo, Polly, stick to the, fill in because you know once you uh get it full time they can fire you man <laughs> <laughs> okay that's all you, you remember, have right yeah you remember the guy who used to be there um win when you were on the evening afternoon show with glenn win mclean oh that was a long time ago yeah oh man i've been listening to this crap for a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then there was a girl what become of her tracy you remember tracy after Wayne left tracy used to be there uh, the host who came in after Wayne McLean? Yes. Uh, Jeff Allen? No, 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 no. Way before Jeff Allen. Tracy, Tracy Hemphill or something? Oh, Tracy Hemphill? Yeah. Oh, she was on the morning show. Yes. Yeah, she, she was co-host of the morning show before yeah. we did the all news yeah, uh, morning. She, yeah. She, after Wayne left, she took over and then she, they used to have an eight o'clock show on Rogers in the evening. On the TV. Oh, I never really watched the... T- oh, you're referring to the television show that Wayne McLean used to have on, no, on Rogers. Yeah, in the morning. I, he used to be in the morning, too. Right. Oh, yeah, he was on this station. Yeah, but, yes. Yeah, I, I never really watched the television show that Tracy did. Yes. And then after he got canned, then Tracy take over. And she used to be in the morning, and then mm-hmm. she take... But she didn't last long. 
Well, she was she was on the. Well, I don't know how long she was on the on the television. No, once show. she took over the talk show, right? She was gone in a uh, oh boy, not even a year. She took over a talk show on on this station on, yes, on the radio yes, on the morning before Gary. Hmm. Yeah, but so stick to the part time fill in guy. You're doing good. All right. Don't ever take it full time, man, or you're gone. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so Roy is saying that uh, some on-air hosts don't have a, a long history. I, well, I, I don't know if I would agree with that. I mean, Glenn Pelche was on the air here for, for decades, years and years and years, until he retired last August. Uh, I think we have time for one more call. Darlene, go ahead. Good afternoon, Polly. How are you? Good. good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I Just a quick um, rant, actually, is what mm-hmm. I think I have. It's a pet peeve. Now that the snow's all melting and I'm a walker, there are thousands of flyers in plastic bags mm-hmm. sitting up at the end of people's driveways and on people's lawns. And if they don't want them, there's a simple number to call and cancel it. But it's just crazy to have them all delivered and let them sit there and rot or sit there for week after week. Right, and now they're just being unveiled because the snow is melting. Exactly. There's a lot of them that way. Uh, This is a bad year for garbage. I Mm. find there's a lot of garbage under this melt to the snow. But but even, even in the summertime when there is no snow... Sometimes there's three, four flyers sitting in people's driveways. If mm-hmm. you really don't want the flyer, don't just pick it up, throw it in your recycle box. Call them and cancel it so that we're not having all this extra garbage all the time. Yeah, that's a good public service announcement. Thanks, Darlene. But I, I'd like somebody to find the phone number. I did it years ago, and I can't find the phone number anymore. But that needs to be put out there so people know who to call. All right. I'll Maybe okay. I'll look into that. Cool. Thanks, Darlene. Uh, this is, you know, the end of another show. And uh, again, thanks everybody for calling. I always, I always worry about these, these open line segments. Are people even going to call? And you always do. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week on, uh, City News 570, Kitchener Today.